Good evening. <clears throat> Welcome to uh, another live episode. <clears throat> I don't know where, where this came from, Kelvin. Uh, bad start to the show. Let me reset that. Three, <laughs> two, one. Hello. Welcome to another live episode of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford here, Kelvin Rozier, and soon to be joining us, a good friend, Marcus uh, Marcus Green. And uh, we uh, we got an exciting show uh, tonight. Kelvin, how you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing I'm doing great, first of all. And do I look like I'm ready for the OBC? Do it look like I'm ready for the executive director? You know, we already had a hot mic moment. <laughs> yeah, you, you look ready. You look ready. You got, you know, you are ready for uh to sit in the sun side and the shady side. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter what side of the stadium you look ready, man. You look ready. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, as we tweeted out earlier, coming up at about 15 after. So those of you who jumping in early, go ahead and start sending the retweets. Let people know we have the Orange Blossom Classic Executive Director, Miss Kendra Bullock, coming up here at 815. Uh, we're going to talk about the OBC. We're going to get all the tea, uh, as the kids say, about what's going on with the reunion this year. Um, as it's called. Get your tickets now. the The reunion is uh, is down in uh, Miami Gardens on Sunday, September third, and so we're gonna uh, we're gonna get a chance to talk with her and kind of find out uh, about all the planning and everything. Uh, I really like what they've been doing from a marketing perspective of yeah. what I've seen. Uh, you know, some good stuff. A, lo- a lot of well well planned uh, things. So we'll we'll talk about that, and then coming up in the second hour. We got the ace. The ace of our pitching staff is joining us. He's a he's a follower. He's a friend of the show. You know, we've been you know we've been he's been following us. He, we, you know, uh, a lot of times we get some retweets from him, and it's going to be Hunter Veets, our ace pitcher, uh, will be coming up. And we got a big series this weekend against Alabama State, and then right after that we go right into SWAC baseball tournament play. Kelvin, it's here. You know, it's time. It's time. Championship time. That's what it's all about. Is that time of year? Exactly, exactly. The women, the women have been doing their thing, of course. You know, with the uh, with the championship of our tennis program, uh, we finished second and third in a couple of uh, sports, and you know, we had some individual champions in track and field. And so, this is our this is our last men's sport to have an opportunity to kind of plant a flag in the uh, final. Uh, I guess the final the final stanza here for the 2022-23 uh, year. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, Want to thank you guys for watching us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you're following us at ONG Strike Zone. Please go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN is where you can 
find us uh, already. So uh, big shout out to look somebody who jumped in. I think you know that person there. Uh, <laughs> shout out to, to what's Kenny. up, Kenny. Uh, also checking in early, Chuck Hunt from Monroe, Louisiana. Good to have you on, Chuck. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, shout out to Tamara T for for jumping in there, as well as Mary three hundred five. Uh, J Mac jumps in as well. You know, so we appreciate uh, all of you guys for jumping in early. I know there's going to be a lot of people coming in soon, so hopefully those folks come in live. Let's uh, before we get to Miss um, Miss uh, Bullock coming up here in about ten less than ten minutes. Let's kind of talk on. Uh, we can go a couple different places. We talked about this uh, offline, Kelvin. Uh, sort of a, a shorter version of the Rattler Roundup. Uh, what do you got? We got two big stories we could talk about to, to, for the Roundup. Which one do you want to go to first? Let's talk about the, the re- revamp website. Okay, Athletic. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, let me let me go ahead and I'll and so uh, I'll let you go ahead and start, and I'll I'll go ahead and flash on the uh, on the website for those who. Uh, who may not be aware of this, but uh, yeah, we we actually have a new athletic website. Uh, for those of you who have not been bumping around uh, or maybe have missed it, uh, famuathletics.com got an overhaul. Uh, what have been some of your um, some of your sort of observations? Things you things you like? What do you what do you what do you see about the overhaul? It is much better for mobile users. Um, that's one number one for me that stood out because uh, you know I use my phone. I'm on a go a lot, so I use my um, iPhone quite a bit, and it's much more friendly from a mobile standpoint. And um, it's also just well organized. It's it's um, user friendly. It's it's a clean, good design, you know. And I I like the how Arcade has how it's laid out. When you get to the front page now, um, well, you know, you you see the you see the news and the videos uh, featured, right? Right. So, right, um, right, right. And here, uh, the current story. Obviously, the earlier today, uh, I saw the uh, golfer story here. Uh, Patrick Jean Pierre and Troy Stribling. That was the lead story earlier. Uh, this over here, the quick links. I'm I'm a big fan of the quick links here. You yes. know, where you can click over here, you can go to archive stories. Um, you know, and those pop up very quickly. Uh, also, when you go to the uh, sports page, instead of the quick links on it over there, you have the schedule. So uh, uh, if you on a, so if you're on a baseball page, then um, you can also see uh, the schedule. So I'm on the baseball page, and I can go right over here to schedule. No, scroll down. Scroll oh, down. Just scroll down. Okay. Hold on. Oh. All right, here we go. Baseball, and scroll down. Oh, right here on the calendar, on the left yes. side. That's your, okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So instead of that being in the upper top, area right that's more now on the on the side and it even gives you past results so you can see the most current results from yeah. right there great job josh great job yeah yeah um and team like this, yeah and team they did this in conjunction with sidearm sports um 
I happened to notice, you know, it's funny. I happened to, only because of the show I do on Saturday, I happened to be on Southern's website and I happened to notice that Southern had redid their site. And that's what kind of, I was like, oh, and then to kind of see that pop up was kind of interesting as well. Let me bring in Marcus Green. Marcus, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Happy rally evening. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's going on, Marcus? Doing good. Just hectic day. I understand. I, I understand. Hey, well, you know, we're sitting here. Uh, just hey, to... that's what we always say when we late. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Had a busy day, but I'm sorry. Yeah. I understand, though. I understand. Uh, live stats here, you know, a lot of times, Oof. you know, this is good stuff here, live stats, because, you know, we're just not uh, fully outfitted to be streaming a lot of our events yet, yet, hopefully, yet. Um, so you have access real quickly to live event stats. Uh, that's good. It's easy to access. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I'll mention is that... Um... Like you were saying, I think North Carolina a and I think the, a lot of the HBCUs with Sidearm got theirs revised because um, A&T just announced theirs as well. Okay. Okay. Um, links to follow. Uh, one thing that I found kind of interesting here is how when you click on photos and videos, they take you to the athletic page on Facebook. Hmm. Uh, I don't because- know. Because... Because they do Facebook Live and and um you know most of their their, their videos and stuff, so I kind of understand it. I, I don't know if there's an, another way to have it directly. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I mean, I I just you know what I don't like. It, I mean, this is personal pet peeve here. While we're we're while we're critiquing here, is that when you go to this, uh, if you bump around in the photos or or videos. It's not a separate page that comes up. I, I my personal preference is if you're going to send me off the website, give me a separate window. That that's my personal. That's me personally. So yes, yeah, that's, that's, I can understand that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody's a little different. What I what I will say also, if you notice this, and while we're talking baseball, if you're on the baseball page, notice here that you can follow the the sports specific Instagram and Twitter feeds, mm-hmm. which is something new, you know, um, you know, I think everybody has that. Uh, we'll go over to our championship tennis program and, you know, we go over here uh, and there it is. You can follow, you know, follow the, the Rattlers on Instagram uh, also, what's prominent here, I think it should be noted, the Rattler Local Exchange here for NIL opportunities. You know, this is something, this is something, this is this is one of these things that rarely get talked about because I don't think we really know how to explain it. We don't really know how to sell it to the fan base. So it's like we have it there, but I don't think we utilize it very well. Well, I think Brian that you know the team the administrative athletic administrative team hasn't been in place long and uh the folks have just been bought on that will be the lead in that mm-hmm. so i i'll be interested to see uh as we move forward and now these team team members get acquainted with uh the lay of the land so to speak 
uh, how that will transition. Um, sponsorship opportunities is something something new here. Rattler, the Rattler Sports Properties as well uh, that shows how you can partner with the Rattlers. Um, you know, and there's some different opportunities here. Uh, for Ooh, property assets. Okay. Yeah, property assets. Um, I think this is where the uh, one of the two new hires uh, from uh, VPAD Sykes you know, this is one of their one of their jobs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's the gentleman that came earlier in March, not the most recent one. I think both of them have CIAA experience, but um, the one that was hired, I want to say in mid-March, I've forgotten his name. But I think his expertise was in this area. And she mentioned she walked around with him the first week and turned him signage placement in real estate within Bragg. And he, she, he was asking, well, why don't you have items here, here, here? So. Mm-hmm. Is proving his worth, but yeah, that looks. I mean, some of these pages are some things that I don't recall seeing on the previous, like the Rattler properties. Right, current partners. This is another one I think mm -hmm. is huge here, so you can kind of see who the current partners are. Uh, and you were talking about that directory there, right? Uh, continue to full site right here. Look, hey, we can go right here to staff directory. We can figure out who that is right off the bat. It's either Mr. Uh, uh, Marcus Grant. He handles the internal. I think it's Mr. Hagens. Breon Hagens is the yes. gentleman who handles external relations. So that would be that would be him, right? So, uh, but yeah, overall though, uh, I, I'd give the uh, what, what kind of what, what grade? I'd give it about an A. I'd give it an A, a solid A. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a good step forward for uh, the athletic department. Then we'll have to click around and say, I haven't clicked around on it and see if some of the other issues just with the, I guess, functionality got got fixed. I know there are a couple of times if you, you can go to a sports at the main page with the old, the previous uh, template. And they, but if you go inside of sports, sometimes the drop down window would cover up so you couldn't go back to other yeah. sports. And it was yeah. there were a couple of little quirks there. I love the banner ads here too, nice and bold. Um, so hey, uh, that's um, just one of the uh, one of the new features. Uh, congratulations again to um, to uh, Josh Padilla and, and the team of folks who worked alongside uh, Sidearm Sports to make sure that uh, we have a, a nice functioning athletic website. Uh, real professional, real clean, real good look. Uh, so yeah, props to. Uh, Props to uh, the athletic department. Hey, uh, let's do this, fellas. Let's take a short timeout because on the other side of the break, we've got the Orange Blossom Classic Executive Director ready to join us. So we'll take a quick, quick break. Come back with uh, that conversation. You guys in the chat room, get ready. Uh, get your questions ready. Uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, we've been hearing, we've been observing. So uh, hopefully uh, Miss Kendra Bullock will will answer many of your questions uh, that you guys have been asking about the OBC. So uh, stay tuned. Give us two minutes. We'll be right back. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, and it's a pleasure to be joined by the executive director of the Orange Blossom Classic, Miss Kendra Bullock. Uh, how you doing, Miss Bullock? How you doing? Make sure we get your audio. You've got to unmute your microphone. Unmute. Your... Okay, I'm now it's doing well. How are you guys again? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you for joining us. Oh no, thank you for having me. Well, um. Let's uh, let's get right into it because I know Rattler Nation. We are excited um, to be a part of the Orange Blossom Class again. Uh, Kelvin, you're uh, ready. <laughs> look, yeah, Kelvin's ready. We, you know, he's ready regardless of what side we are on. Uh, he, he's ready for it. Um, you know, uh, look, we, we we're gonna. This is the year. We feel like Rattler Nation feels like this is the year where we finally uh, exercise whatever it is that's kind of had us stuck in the mud about Jackson State. Uh, 
I think we are changing hotels. Whatever we did last year, as we talked to, when we had Troy uh, Johnson on, we, we we changing whatever we did the last two years, new hotel, new route to the stadium, uh, new pregame meals, whatever, whatever we got to do to get a, to get a win. I, I think the staff will be ready for it this year. I, I think, I think so. I think this is the year. The, the reunion year is the year. I, I believe it. So let's talk about that to start. Yeah. Uh, the name, the reunion. Uh, last year, it was the remix. What went mm -hmm. into uh, the name uh, and, and the theme of the reunion for this year? So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a wonderful marketing team. Um, I'm, I'm able to kind of give them my vision and then they come back with all of the creative bells and whistles that make that vision come to life. And so, of course, we know year one, it was the revival because this was, you know, 2021. We were coming off of a 40 year hiatus, coming off of a pandemic. The remix year two, we came back with the same two teams, but still wanted everybody to know that even though it was the same two teams, we were still coming back with something even better. Um, and now year three is the reunion. So the concept behind the reunion is, you know, we're embracing fam, you and Jackson State fans, but, you know, we want everybody to convene here in South Florida Labor Day weekend. So we're doing a call out for everyone who's um, who has a love for HBCUs, everyone who supports HBCUs. You know, we've added events this year. We have a step show. So we're really tapping into, you know, the Divine Nine culture. We're, you know, bringing in um, honorees and guests throughout the weekend from other HBCUs. So the idea behind the reunion is that we are convening here in South Florida to celebrate all HBCUs. That what happened in 2021, when everyone was so excited and so hyped up, um, and when you know we saw enrollment increase with HBCUs, we're not going to let that momentum die just because you know certain conversations um, are not being had now. So we're just doing that call out for all HBCUs, and that's the idea behind the reunion. Nice. And, and one of the things I was telling Kelvin earlier, the promotions and marketing that I've been seeing lately. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. I think that, I think that's I think I've seen the orange everywhere across the state over the past uh, four months. But uh, that that's also TV, TV radio, uh, social media. Y'all, you all are doing an excellent job early on that. Thank I'm you. telling you, I've seen it everywhere. Listen, everybody loves Ollie. When Ollie, um, Ollie was hanging out on set Friday, just uh, the last set Friday, April 21st, with DJ Loose Kid, and, and Ollie went viral. And the kids loved it. That, you know, we're the only classic that right now that has a mascot. So again, you know, shout out to my marketing team. They, they do a phenomenal job. And we've got a surprise for you guys this year. So Ollie has been on the move. Okay. And he's gonna prove he's gonna show you guys just how much he's been on the move. So Ollie has some surprises coming up. So you, you okay. guys, you have not seen the last of Ollie. And right now, <laughs> I think we're running a promotion on our social media. If you click on our link tree or click on the link on our social, there's a, a promotion up that says "Where's Ollie." So if you go and you're able to find him, he's hidden on our website. If you click to where to where he's hidden and you're lo you locate him, then we got a special uh, special treat for you. So uh, Ollie is is having fun on this road to the reunion. Nice, nice. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. I'll let you get in there with the next question. I was going to go in a different direction, but I think I I, I want to um, ask, first of all, 
you kind of mentioned the one new event, the step show. I wanted to ask what new you're doing and the follow up behind that is. So now this is year three. What have you learned? Have you accomplished a lot of what you were looking to accomplish? And um, what is the what else is there that you want to target? Um, so, you know, with these things, you you always you you learn a lot. You, I tell my team all the time, we'll never get to the point where we have mastered everything. If there's anybody on the team that thinks that they have mastered everything, we, we have a problem. So, you know, we're always learning, always growing, always improving. Um, you know, so we we have learned, you know, we go back every year and we debrief and we talk about the things that went well and how we can make those even better. We talk about the things that didn't go so well you know, and figure out how we can come back and fix those. We have meetings with all of our partners. You know, when, when the game ends in September, um, we take maybe a week or two to just kind of relax. And then we're right back in the trenches. So we meet with all of our partners, all of our stakeholders to get their feedback. And, you know, we, we take that into consideration and try to make it even better every year. So I, I am happy about the product that we have produced. You know, one of the other things that you learn very early on in leadership is that you cannot please everybody. But, you know, I can't sleep at night knowing that we, we've done a phenomenal job for the greater good um, of those key stakeholders. And we have people that, you know, that really, really have embraced what we're doing. And they are, you know, re repeat um, ticket holders. They're repeat sponsors. So that says a lot. You know, that that says a lot. And I will attest to that, uh, that I've interacted with several different constituencies. And um, of course, I've attended every last one of them along with my family and friends and so forth. You run a first class event. Um, it, it's, it, it's a real classic festive event. And so uh, the, the players, the coaches, everybody, the they're very complimentary of how they're treated, mm -hmm. the events, the facilities, and so forth. So I just want to give you that kudos. Thank you. Thank you. And that's what we want. That That's what we want. And that is, that's what we want to continue to do. And we're doing it. We're having a good time. Um, and we're helping our HBCUs. You know, we're providing a financial infusion into these HBCUs. We're providing opportunities for these student athletes. So anytime you could have fun um, and, and at the same time, help your community and, and help, you know, in, individuals that you, you know, you set out to help, it, it, it's a win. Marcus, uh, go ahead, jump in there with the next uh, next round of questions. Excuse me, I'm just getting over a cold. Uh, good evening, Ms. Billock. I don't believe I was on last time you joined us in the ONG Strike Zone, so thank you for coming back. Thank you. Um, I did want to ask a question that's been kind of prevalent in Rattler Nation. It's kind of three questions in one, but it's centered around uh, one main topic, which is the start time of the game. Now, I've mm -hmm. only been to Miami once. Uh, a long, long time ago, but I know it's hot. I'm from well, the South as well. <laughs> I won't hold that against you. Keep talking. Well, well thank you. Well, thank you. Well, the question, I guess, around the start time, um, mm -hmm. and how much did the television contracts and ESPN agreements affect the start time or does it dictate it? Has the start time affected any local interest in the game as it relates to mm -hmm. you know, something that may be later in the evening? And uh, we'll just start with those two. Okay, so um, so yes, I expect to see you here Labor Day weekend, twenty twenty three, Marcus. <laughs> um, 
just get that out of the way. But yes, so I know that there has been a lot of concerns as it relates to the start time. We do not choose the start time. Let me say that. Um, it is determined based on our agreement with ESPN, who is our national broadcast partner. Um, I tell people this. You know, we we see the concerns. And like I said, when the game is over, we debrief. We know the things that we've done well and the things that we need to work on. And we hear the concerns. Um, we take those concerns back to our partners and back to our stakeholders. So that is something that I can say has been discussed. Um, we have not officially. I know that there's been, you know, conversations around the time of the game. Um, the assumption is that the game will probably be around the same time, but that has not been officially released by our broadcast partner. Um, we do know that there are a lot of things that come into play when we are determining these things. Number one, um, you guys know there's there's tennis. There are so many different things that go on. Um, this game is a live game. And we have to also think about the fact that, you know, nothing is a utopia. So we have to think about, OK, well, put the game time later. But then we understand that should something happen and we have to cut the game, say, in the fourth quarter with three minutes left when it was like year one, where it was a seven, six game. Right. Like then, then we'll because it's a live game and they have to go to something else. Anything could happen. Um, we can, you know put the game later and, and have it on another network. But then let's think about what we're doing for our student athletes. The Orange Blossom Classic last year was the only game that FAMU had that was broadcast on ESPN's major network. The rest of those games were broadcast either on ESPN Plus, ESPNU, or ESPN3. Um, when we, you know, a lot of the things that we hear from the same people who have those concerns about the start time, we also hear things like, you know, we want to, we want better television contracts. We hear things like, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, our, our HBCUs are getting the same type of exposure that other, you know, institutions are getting. Well, they get that with the Orange Blossom Classics. So if I go into the room, if I get in a meeting and I talk to the people from ESPN and I say, well, we want the game to be at six o'clock. We want the game to be at seven o'clock. Well, they come back and say, sure, we can do that. But what what's the trade-off, right? Everybody understands with business and negotiations. So for me, I sleep better at night knowing that we're giving our kids um, a national television opportunity. It, you know, some people will say, oh, well, you know, they were on that station because they were on that channel because of Dion. Not the case. Uh, the moment that Dion left Jackson State um, and, and even with, you know, unfortunately, in the last two years, fam, you putting 10 points on the board. They came back. ESPN came back and said, we want to extend this contract. We believe in what you guys are doing and we want to show HBCU football. So we know that when you're here with the orange blossom classic for the next few years you have an opportunity to be in an nfl stadium and you have the opportunity to be on a nationally broadcast platform that a lot of these kids may not see so to our fan base that has those concerns you know we we talk about those heat advisories we talk about certain things that we can do but i want us to also think about what this does for our student athletes just a quick follow-up, just my for my personal curiosity, was the ESPN contract always a part of the Orange Blossom Classic, even back to the original date that was pushed back from COVID, or did it come about in 2021? No, it was all it went back to the original date. So we we were okay. with ESPN back in 2020. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah. The the fan experience. Uh, I love the fact that you were mentioning that this 
is a big opportunity for the student athletes. And of course, I I don't think I've heard too many student athletes complaining about the start time. If if I have, I, it hadn't been loud, but it has been loud. I haven't heard it. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just just saying that. But yeah. but the fan but the fan experience is hard. I know. And I haven't because... heard a lot of you know I, I haven't heard a lot of our fans complain about it. You know the the ones that are I think you know the ones that are going to support they're going to support. You know you're going to have what I was you know what a very um, one of my mentors told me, you know, you're one because you're always so critical. You always want to make sure that you do everything right. And one of the things that she said to me was she said, don't allow five to 10 people to allow you to believe that they're the voice of Rattler Nation. So overall, you know, I don't believe, you know, I know that there are some concerns and we try to uh, try to address those concerns. But I haven't heard it from the student athletes and we had over 40,000 people in the stadium and, and I haven't heard from 40,000 people and I don't let 40,000 people call me tomorrow, but so far I haven't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> are there, so let me ask, are there, a, uh, you, you mentioned having 40 and I think even the year before was upper forties. Is there, is there a, uh, obviously you like to see it grow every year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is there a, I mean, I don't want to put you in a bubble and kind of say, is there a number that you're looking to hit? But but in terms of reaching out to South Florida and getting more from South Florida, what what does that look like uh, for, for your goal and your projections uh, with, with what you and your staff are, are trying to do out in the community? So, you know, we're fortunate to be in South Florida, very large, you know, diverse community. Um, of course, we have one of the largest areas. This is the, one of the largest concentration of FAMU alum in this area. But aside from that, um, we just have a lot of people. And, you know, South Florida does a great job of carrying and supporting this game. So I would say about, you know, we, we look for um, and, and, you know, just throughout the state of Florida, you know, it, we have a large, large, large supportive area. And then when you factor in, you know, coming down from central Florida, Fort Pierce, all the way down, um, the state of Florida really shows up and shows out. And, you know, we, we have a mixture. I'd say we have about 60% of um, in-state and then another 40% of out-of-state. You know, we, we want to grow the attendance and we want to grow that with out-of-state individuals because, you know, and that's why, again, we've switched to that messaging about the reunion. We, you know, so when you see Ollie on that road to the reunion, that's what that is for, because, you know, it helps our stakeholders when we're bringing in people from out of state. This game um, in 2021 and 2022, I think we're around just a little under $40 million in economic impact. So, not only do people come, but they come and they have a good time. And, you know, we've done a really good job. We understand that South Florida is not cheap. You know, so we have I think we have right now probably about 13 hotel partners. So we try to, you know, work with hotels. We try to work with airlines and we say, listen, let's put a package together to make it easy for people to get here. And so, you know, we want to grow our out-of-state fan base, but, you know, South Florida and the state of Florida, if we don't grow it, they show up and, and we're going to continue, you know, to, to put out a product once again that, that benefits them. They're, they're going to come. So we're, we're fortunate for that. Okay. Okay. Kelvin, go ahead. I want you to talk about um, what you can in terms of what the OBC looks like moving forward. 
We have this year's game between the same two teams and it's always been the same two teams these last three years. Uh, I know that there's a scheduling conflict for FAMU for 24. I think that schedule is pretty much completed, at least around those dates. So in terms of the, the OBC, what does it look like moving forward? Where are you trying to go? So what the OBC looks like for me um, is, like I said, you know, we're we're wanting to help as many HBCUs as possible. We know that the original Orange Blossom Classic FAMU was a staple, right? Um, and this was something that was started by, you know, J.R. Lee, you know, who, you know, is FAMU, was FAMU. So, you know, will FAMU return? We don't know. You know, that that's a question I would say would be, you know, more suitable for, um, you know, the administration but for the most part we know that the orange blossom classic is here to stay and through the classic what we'll continue to do um, is what we've always done you know provide a financial infusion into these institutions you know we've made very lucrative offers um you know to participating universities in the future um and so you know we are very competitive in that arena as far as our guarantees that are i would say comparable to what they would get with the pwi you know, and so, yeah, you know, you can come down here and play the University of Miami, but let's be honest about what that looks like. Right. So, you know, as opposed to coming down here and playing competitively and playing on a national stage, because that's not going to be a game that's televised on ESPN, um, but playing, you know, on a national stage that is competitive. And again, when you talk about what it means for these student athletes and what it means for that overall experience. Um, I have no doubt that the Orange Blossom Classic will be around for a very long time. Five years from now, 10 years from now, we'll be able to say that we have helped a lot of HBCUs and they have been happy to be here because it is undeniable. If you know anything about football, South Florida is the hotbed of talent. You know, mm -hmm. So we have people around the country that want to get here to Florida, in South Florida particularly. So. If I'm a school in Florida, I'd be nervous about another school that's not a Florida school coming down here <laughs> um, and, and having the opportunity to recruit in front of my talent. So, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be around for a long time and, and we're going to say that we've helped a lot of HBCUs. You're, 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 a bit, you're a boss, all right? And you are very <laughs> articulate and you're great. You're knocking these what answers out the park. <laughs> Hey, Brian, old girl got some skills. How about that? Yeah, she does. Hot <laughs> mic. Hot mic. She does. Yes, she does. She does. Um, Marcus, go ahead with your next question. Yes. Uh, just, in, I guess, uh, looking at it from an uh, overall standpoint, what has been the biggest success thus far and the biggest challenge in producing a classic? Mm -hmm. And what have you learned from that? or learn from other um, previous classics that might not have had the same level of success? So the biggest success, I would say, we, we planned an event that had a 40-year hiatus coming off of a pandemic, right? And still were able to get 40,000 people in the stadium. So um, thank you again to Rattler Nation. Thank you again to JSU Tigers and everybody who loved any HBCU that showed up. So that was definitely a success. Um, I would say challenges, you know, we just talked about it. Like you, you can plant outcast said it, you can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. So, you know, it is, it might be hot, 
you know, we don't even discuss whether in the opposite. It might be too hot. It might be too rainy. Then if it's raining, we got to have conversations about, oh, my gosh, is the band going to be able to perform? Is there going to be issues with the field? You know, if they do perform and then we put the team back on the, the, you know, back on the field and now there's damage and someone gets injured. So, you know, just those I would say the biggest challenges are having to make those on the spot decisions for things that you just cannot control. Um, and what I have learned is to control the controllables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on Monday morning, stay off of Twitter. That's it. <laughs> ah, <there you> <laughs> yeah, I have a quick, I have a quick follow up to that, if you don't mind. Yeah. With the model that you've developed with the Orange Blossom Classic, would it be not necessarily a franchise, but would you branch out and have other classics in other cities using the the uh, script, if you will, that you've used to resurrect the Orange Blossom Classic and almost have like a conglomerate of creating classics, HBCU oh, classics absolutely. across the country. Yeah, that that is something that we have explored uh, simply because we know, like I said, this, this is a great area. We've got, you know, South Florida Labor Day. Who wouldn't want to be here? Um, but it is the bottom. You know, so when you have a lot of those HBCUs that are in other parts of the country, you know, it's not that easy for them to get here. So, um, you know, everybody says go to Atlanta, go to Atlanta. But, you know, we're not looking at that. That Atlanta, you know, I think is, is pretty much oversaturated. But but we are looking at other areas and other opportunities. And we're bringing other things to South Florida. You know, we, we have, um, I don't know if my team will let me talk about it yet, you know, but... Um, you know, we, we've got some surprises coming up, you know, so we're branching out into other sports. Let me just say that. Other sports in other areas. You could drop us a you could drop us a hint on something. I know they won't mind. Just hey, one. hey, the mic, the mic, the mic is not hot. No, we're not, nobody, we're not listening. Nobody's listening. Nobody is watching. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> But thank you. Yeah. Thank you for but your But like answer. I said, uh, Orange Blossom Classic, my my goal and, and with the wonderful team that I have, because I'm just the one, you know, that that gets to express my vision and and I get to sit in front of the camera and do the interviews. But I couldn't do any of it without the phenomenal people that work with me. Um, so with my vision, you know, their vision, the Orange Blossom Classic is not going anywhere. Let me follow up. Mm-hmm. I'd like to follow up with what Marcus asked. Has or have other uh, organizers, other schools contacted you in the OBC? Okay. I, I take that as a yes, they have. Okay. You don't have to give names. I'm just, I want to follow up. They called. Listen, it's like, what? What the family? They, they not what? Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 we've gotten called. <laughs> okay. And, and, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm joking, but again, um, I think that that's a testament to when you work to put out a product that people can appreciate, you know, and 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 I love FAMU. You know, I, my child is at FAMU. So my my heart and my money is at FAMU um, from a business standpoint and a personal standpoint. So, you know, um, I think that, you know, what we have done these last few years, these last two years and what we're going to do this year. Um, you know, FAMU is, as you know, the moniker is, you know, College of Love and Charity. You know, they are excellence with caring. And what we've always tried to do is to produce an event that mirrors that 
And so when you have an event for two years where you have people like uh, Will Packer, Rob Hardy, Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, we just had Roy Wood Jr. grace our stage last year and he was, you know, hosting the White House Correspondence Center a couple of weeks ago. You know, Rashawn Ali and I could name so many other people. When you have people that, you know, convene in one place, um, consecutively, you know, for these last couple of years, and they're coming back year three, that says a lot. And so people here, you know, they they know this and they're like, okay, so listen, you know, if, if we bring our school, you know, can we, you know, bring in some of our alumni? Because it's, it's, you know, it's not just athletics. You think about what it does from a developmental standpoint. You know, if, if I'm in fundraising and I'm in, you know, development, I'm in South Florida, you know, the, the whole week. <laughs> you know, of the Orange Blossom Classic, because I know what it brings. Um, you know, when I look at what we've done as far as, you know, I can't say enrollment, but applications, you know, um, we've had people who have an interest in attending these HBCUs, right? So we've helped these, you know, this putting out this type of product helps the universities from that perspective. Now people, you know, have an interest in attending these HBCUs. And, you know, so just all of those things from a holistic approach, you know, and again, adding that recruiting factor, um, there's interest, you know, there, there's interest. So we're, we're fortunate to, to have that, you know, what we're just having to do is make sure from a scheduling perspective that things work and things make sense. You know, I, I have wonderful sponsors who have uh, just last year, two of our partners, Celsius, which is our official energy drink and Ready Life, who's our presenting partner, they gave NIL deals to um, Jackson State and a couple of family players. So that information gets out you know so i joke you know i'm joking about yeah their calls but no th those are things that we've been able to do and so you know other institutions want an opportunity they they do yeah i don't understand anyway uh let me let me uh <laughs> let me close with this uh kendra because obviously classics and things are big conversations from all mm -hmm. kinds of money and oh these organizers are they paying for the band and you know we've seen in another major classic where you got two schools going in two different directions with their marketing and everything i'd like for you i'm not gonna say names but oh you know if you know you know i just want mm -hmm. you i want to give you the final word just to, uh -huh. to let let whether it be rattler nation uh, mm -hmm. whatever those tigers call themselves, Tiger Nation, whatever, and, and just uh, the H. I'm sorry, I won't be messy. The HBCU diaspora, let them uh -huh. know what the OBC brings to your university, so that way we can shut it down and you can say this. When you come to the OBC, you get this and that. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, um, national exposure. You know, again, you know, we've extended our agreement with ESPN. Um, you know, you're playing in an NFL stadium. Again, some of these children may not ever have the opportunity to do that beyond college. Um, you know, you're getting an opportunity for development, an opportunity for, um, you know, your school to financially benefit. And, you know, you're right. There, there are questions and conversations around, you know, other classics. And, you know, there's no question, you know, family, you we we take care of the band you know on on top of the fact that they are what? um every all of their expenses are covered you know we provide a you know a, a 
financial stipend, you know, in addition to that. So, you know, there it it works well. You know, it works well. Our, our goal and, and my board, I have a wonderful board. And what the board has said to me is um, and all, everyone, for the most part, from my board attended an HBCU. And if they have not attended one, they have, you know, worked very closely either in politics or, you know, in some way, shape or form to affect um, HBCUs. And what they have said is we want to shut down the conversation about whether or not these institutions should have to go out and play these money games. And we want to be able to say that the Orange Blossom Classic is a game that you can play in and you can get that financial uh, benefit that you would get, you know, playing a University of Miami or University of Florida or Ohio State or whomever. And so that is our goal. You know, when I heard about, you know, the, the back and forth about the different schools and I'm looking at what the other school, you know, now receives, I'm like, well, wow, you know, our schools get that and we only three years in, you know, so we're, we're getting there, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, you're talking about a classic that's been around for 40 years. And, and again, that is, you know, a shout out to our sponsors, a shout out to, you know, our fundraisers, the people on our development side and to our elected officials. Most of our elected officials, I'm sure as you guys know, they're either Rattlers um, or, you know, attended an HBCU. So we have, you know, um, Chairman Oliver Gilbert, you know, he went to law school at the University of Miami and said the only reason he got his Juris doctorate degree there was because it was orange and green like FAMU. Um, you know, so he is a diehard Rattler, you know, so, um, you know, we, we know that um, we have our local support of our local elected officials. You know, I Congresswoman Wilson, you know, I love her. She calls me and she she checks in. How's everything going? You know, and she graduated from Fitz, but she's a supporter. So, you know, Senator Chevron Jones, FAMU graduate. So all of them, you know, understand that these HBCUs are an important part of our history. The Orange Blossom Classic is an important part of our history and they want to see it remain. And if I say, listen, you know, in, in order to make that happen, you know, this is what they need. You know, they, they work hard on, on our behalf to, to make it happen. Well said, well said. Mm -hmm. uh, let us let people know what's going on next week on Tuesday. So next week we have our official kickoff press conference. Um, we'll be about 120 days out from 2023 OBC. So we've got uh, Coach T.C. Taylor here with Coach Willie Simmons that'll be coming in for our press conference. Um, you know, so they're going to talk about what we can expect at the Orange Blossom Classic. We're going to talk about, um, you know, what we can, um, you know, what we can expect from them throughout the season and in each one of their, you know, their road to the Celebration Bowl, right? So um, our press conference will be streaming live on on all of our social media platforms so you guys can, can hear from them firsthand. They will be right here in South Florida. So we're looking forward to that. All right. So that's going to be on May 23rd, correct? May 23rd, yep, at 11 a.m. All right, so there it is, the OBC opening press conference live on May 23rd. Make sure you're following. Uh, give out the uh, social media handles again. I don't want to mess it up because uh, I know you, you, you got them down pat. I, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> right, so on Facebook, we are uh, Orange Blossom FC for Orange Blossom Football Classic. Uh, same thing on Twitter. 
Orange Blossom FC, and of course, Instagram, Orange Blossom FC. All right, all right. Kelvin, old, old girl's pretty good. She, she's a boss. <laughs> she's uh, she's pretty good, man. I tell you what. Hey, uh, hey, 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 don't be telling our business offline. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and I'm if I can get the stamp of approval from ONG Strike Zone, may, maybe I will change what I said about you know you never actually reach that 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 point of uh, perfection. <laughs> I, I'm gonna clip that right there, and I'm gonna play that for a few other people who need to come on to ONG. You've been hiding. There you go. There you go. All I'm gonna say. Hey, I always appreciate you guys for the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, don't forget the press conference, everybody, Tuesday, and we're gonna count down with you and the staff, and and uh, as as the days as we get closer to uh, beating Jackson State in the uh, OBC on uh, in in September. So. Uh, Again, uh, thank you again for your time this evening. We appreciate you. Um, thank you. How's the uh, how's the how's how's the wheel? How's the you doing all right? I'm doing I'm okay. I'm doing okay. okay. Okay, good. You yeah, know, I but I, I I gotta work right, so I, that we we do what we have to do. So I've got I a few more. Weeks. Ask. Okay. Yeah, I got about three more weeks, but I'll I'll be by September. Now yeah. I don't know if I'll be in heels, but I will okay. be walking. How about that? <laughs> sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Again, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, make sure you are following the Orange Blossom Classic on uh, all your social media handles. And uh, Tuesday, make sure you're ready to watch the press conference Tuesday live um, on uh, all social media. So, hey, uh, thank you again, Miss Bullock. You have a good evening and uh, say thank hi to your you. staff and everybody there. And we'll talk soon again. All right. Will do. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. All right. All right. So, hey, um, we will do this. We're going to take a quick break. Um, it, well, let, let's let's do let, before we take the break, because I know coming up at the top of hour two, we're going to talk to a hundred feet. So let's just do a quick recap or breakdown of of the of the OBC while we got a couple minutes before we go to break. Um uh, let me see. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to find the right words. I, I just want to say, as it relates to the the sun, the 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 heat factor. A lot. You know, it's funny because I was going back. I was watching AD Sykes' conversation with Vaughn, right? And and when you watch it, you can see the live comments. And so, even though there was very little talked about in that conversation about the OBC. There were lots of people asking questions. Then you had some people complaining about the time. And just like she said in that interview, you know, the one or two people who complained about the start time was very minuscule. And it, it and then and then you're reminded, hey, for FAMU this year, we're sitting in the shade side. So this year as the home team, we, you know, we shouldn't have any of the issues that folks had last year. I mean, we'll pray for the Jackson State folks and we'll tell them to, you know, hydrate and wear hats and wear bring fans and all the other towels and whatever they need to. But I, I just wanted to get your guys' thought uh, uh on 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 that on that topic because that's the one thing that I think is I think being overly talked about. So I wanted to hear from you guys quickly before we uh before we go to break. Kelvin I thought she articulated the 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 reality of it. There's mm -hmm. there, there there I can understand the ask. I mean, 
if you watched the Bethune Cup in Miami game last year, that was that Saturday. They also had some issues in the stands, particularly with uh, BCU being on that side, the visitor side, and the sun. Um, so the weather is a is a real situation, but it's a real situation for anybody who have an outdoor event in South Florida um, that time of year. And um, and and I, the only thing you can do is ask. And she already, you know, she, she's heard, you know, some some, and there's been some discussion with their TV partners and. So if, if 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 something a little more accommodated can happen, that's that's great. But uh, at the end of the day, we are in Florida, just like hurricane seasons. A lot of things that can happen. You just you just kind of have to be prepared, and you prepare yourself the, before the day, right? You make sure you hydrate yourself. You make sure that you dress comfortably. You you try to you know if you're sitting in the sun, um, you want to get yourself out of the sun as much as possible. You know, take some 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 breaks in between and so forth, and you know you and come and support the Rattlers because at the end of the day, the experience for the the team and that student athletes, the coaches, that national media platform, pro stadium is way more pros than cons. And then she just really tickled she tickled my spirit when she talked about not having to play money beatdown games because you could play because because you could play a class and get the same money. So play it uh, up here. I love what she's done, and I wasn't just blowing smoke. Uh, you know, most of what I've heard has been it's a first-class operated experience for the for for the for for the folks who come here. Uh, in terms of the the players, the coaches, the events, and so forth, they 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 they're mastering it. Uh, so so I, we we got to continue supporting. Marcus, go ahead. Um, well, I guess the two things just to. You know, to follow up, once again, a great interview. And this is my first time. I wasn't on last time she came on. But for me, I think she, the question I asked, she confirmed what I suspect and we all suspect that TV's controlling the start time. Because yes. we see that ESPN wants to have a an FBS or Power 5 Sunday evening game on the Labor Day weekend if they don't have one on Labor Day right. evening or both. And so having in this case, which ironically happens to be our across the street neighbor two years in a row on the same evening, it's just going to dictate that if we have a, a game time and a contract with ESPN, that our game is going to be earlier. The second thing, and, you know, she was, of course, being very playing close to the vest, you know, because she can't reveal things. But she did mention that her staff have, have either been approached or they considered branching out. And I'll use the term, quote unquote, franchising the, the process for classics and we know of some that have been resurrected i think the circle city came back last year after a hiatus what's coming back this year this year i'm sorry this year and then um last year i believe uh, what was it called what's the one in new york that one came back the one that uh yeah i know what you're talking about i can't play way back in and we know there's a couple more i think there was one a short-lived one in st louis i want to say the gateway classic and then there was the one, the Chicago Classic, I think in the late 2000, or early, late 99, early 2000, that Jackson State seemed to play in a lot. So there's opportunities out there if she's known as, or, or if her team's known as one that could resurrect HBCU Classics, almost akin to a coach who comes in and straightens things. I can't remember the name, not a resurrection coach, but a coach that comes in and fixes broken franchises. And if she gets that reputation has developed the acumen to do so, then she could make 
that process portable and start looking at other locations. So it'll be interesting to see, but that also opens the opportunity for the teams and schools she's familiar with, wink, wink, that if we can be in a partnership with her and she takes that that model to other cities, that we could have an inside track in being one of the opponents for a couple of those and spread, spread the... Um, awareness or capitalizing awareness of some of the other larger cities where she chooses to take her franchising of the classic process. We definitely should be a partner of the OBC without a doubt. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you what, my own personal thought here, I know the 2024 thing is a big hot topic about the future. I'm going to tell you what, there's a, you know, one of the, one of the missions of the OBC and I think I read it on their website is to help HBCUs, but specifically Florida HBCUs. And I'm going to tell you what, if the HBCU in Tallahassee it doesn't want the money, guess what? There's an HBCU in Daytona Beach mm-hmm. that's also in our same conference that will jump on this opportunity if we mess around. I'm just going to – that's just I'm, – I'm, I may be speculating here, but if I were, you know, those guys over there, who are redoing their practice facilities and all that stuff, and they're a private school, hey, oh, you mean Jackson State? You're, you're coming back to Florida? Guess what? We're in the same conference. The, the school in Tallahassee, fam, you doesn't want to play? Oh, oh, we'll play you. Come on, we're in the same division. I, I'm just just I'm just putting that out there to let you know that, that that's a possibility, and, you know, I would not be surprised. So mm-hmm. I, I, hope, I hope this is just a one-off. 2024 is just a one-off and that we refined ourselves uh back in back in that relationship uh, again so uh that, that's just my my two cents but let's take a break come back and let's talk with the ace of our pitching staff mr hunter veets right on the other side of this break you're watching the ong strike zone we'll be back in just two minutes I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track to tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational powerhouse intelligent and sincere that's the voice you need for your creative marketing process k-e-a-v-e-r-s-v-o-i-c-e.com covers voice covers voice covers voice.com always on all the time when we invest in ourselves our glow our vision our vibe we all shine Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love Jackson State University takes on the venomous Florida A&M University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating. Or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South. 
and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. Welcome back to the, to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Marcus here. And it's a pleasure to be joined by the the ace, the uh, number one from our uh, FAMU baseball team, uh, Mr. Hunter Veets. Hunter, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. How about y'all? Man, it's a, it's a pleasure. Doing wonderful. Yeah, thank you. For, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, and uh, first off, uh, first off, we got to say congratulations, man. Uh, you, you just graduated uh, this uh, last weekend. Talk a little bit about that experience uh, of, of finally being able to graduate and walk across the stage. Oh, uh, man. First off, I mean, graduating from FAMU is a pretty high honor. Uh, and sucks I got to miss it. I had to go to Jackson State due to some weather troubles <laughs> in the previous in the season. So got to miss out on walking. But other than that, I'm, they've done pretty well with treating us like we graduated as well. Okay. Okay. That's good. I, I hope they were able to put together some kind of uh, simulated ceremony to kind of, or, or do something to make you guys make up for that. But, but I, I guess that's just, you know, sometimes it's just part of being a student athlete. Sometimes the schedules don't always work out exactly. Um, you and uh, I think uh, four or five of your uh, teammates graduated. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Um, so, Hey, so here we are coming up towards the, uh, end of the season uh final final uh, home stand uh coming up final days uh playing at at FAMU um what kind of let's start with just kind of what kind of emotions or what kind of thoughts uh start to seep into your mind when you when you maybe think about hey this is the last weekend this is my possibly my last game on on the mound pitching uh, at more Kittles. Yeah. So probably won't really hit me until Saturday, which is our senior day. So definitely going to take it all in Thursday night or tomorrow. Definitely going to take it all in. Uh, but past two years, there have been nothing short of amazing. So thankful for every opportunity I've had. And, and you, uh, you, you went this year from, you know, last year, I, I think you were, the uh the number probably the two uh in in the weekend rotation i know coach likes to have uh, a normal one two three on conference weekends this year you're 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 the guy you're the first the first pitcher usually on first uh the first game of the weekend um what's that transition been like for you what's it to let people know what's it like being the guy to get the ball first uh, to start off a uh, conference series? Uh, it's definitely it's definitely a big thrill seeker, you know. Uh, everybody wants that big opportunity. Everybody wants that spot. Uh, and that's what I'm so happy about this pitching staff this year is everybody wants the ball. So, I mean, obviously having that, like you're getting to start Friday, it's a big game, big weekend. Obviously that's, you know what I mean, it's what I've been working for, it's what I've been working hard for. All right, all right. Kelvin, go ahead. 
So you got the Alabama State, the number one team in the East coming in. Uh, we just got through playing a, a series against Bethune Cookman, who was the number two. And um, we've seen them both teams, I think, uh, uh, previously over the last four weeks, four or five weeks. So we've seen a, a lot of them recently. Um, what is it going to take to be successful for you um, against Alabama State? Well, you know, obviously they're they're a pretty talented team, good offensive team, solid defensively. What you know? What do you have to do to be successful? Uh, for me, it's just consistency. Uh, last time we played them, we lost one nothing on Friday. Uh, took a really good game into the bottom of the seventh, and then kind of got away from us there. But uh, yeah, this time go around. I know how most of their hitters are, and I know what they like to look for. I know what they what they won't swing. I know what they will. So kind of taking that into account with our pitching coach and kind of use that game plan to our advantage. Follow-up question. Um, what is it like uh, being a player for Coach Jamie Shoe? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a wild one. Got a lot of got a lot of stories about that. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun time. He's a good guy. Won't you share just one that you can share that you that you're willing to share? Ooh, I don't know about that. Gotta, gotta... <laughs> one that one that one that won't get you in trouble because we still got like uh, two three weeks left to play. So yeah, yeah, you share. <laughs> um, I think it's just his excitement. You know, uh, he's always high energy, high strong during the games. So he's definitely he's going to get in you a little bit if you slip up just a little bit. So I kind of I enjoy that part because it keeps me accountable and keeps the team accountable and he's really passionate about it. So it's fun parts of that story, that side, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, good evening, Hunter. Um, my question for you is kind of two parts. One, I guess, is more uh, personal. And what has been the biggest thing that you've learned during your baseball journey? And the second part is more, I guess, focused on you and your graduation and your teammates that graduated. Are you aware of anyone if they still have COVID year eligibility and if they're intending on coming back? Yeah, so to answer the first part, um, yeah, basically, I'm sorry, what was the first part again? Got uh, what have you learned during your baseball journey? Uh, no, yeah, so it's really just consistency. Uh, Coming into college, I thought that, you know, I was injury-free in high school, and then I got hit with a Tommy John my freshman year of college. Mm. Then COVID hit when I finally came back. So didn't get any junior college experience, didn't get any. I got my first year at Auburn, uh, University of Montgomery. That was my first official year playing. And then just a bunch of trials and tribulations after, and that just kind of uh, had a lot of talks with my dad, former coaches, and just a lot of close friends, and it's just consistency. Uh, it all keeps – like baseball is a game of failure and you just got to keep playing at it and it'll all work itself out. Okay. Yeah. As for the second part, I'm not too sure about the COVID year guys. I know Jared Weber and Zach Morea are the two COVID guys. I know have, this is like their COVID year coming back. And other than that, I'm not too sure about the COVID guys, if they're going to play another year or however that works. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Are you, are you, this is the end of your eligibility at the end of this season? Is that correct? Yes, sir. I do believe. So when you think about your goals going into this season and, and uh, I love the way you talked about baseball being a sport of a failure, I think is what you said. I've heard that from many, many coaches uh, 
And it's like, if, if you can't learn how to deal with failure in baseball, then you're going to be in trouble. Um, what were some of your personal goals? And then maybe if you could talk on what are some of the team goals um, a, as well going into the beginning of the season? Yeah. So for me, a lot of my personal goals are more future related. Like I, I would love to, I'd love to sign. I'd love to be drafted. So obviously all my goals kind of center towards that. That's my main, my main achievement to say I made it in baseball, I guess. So a lot of my goals kind of just based around that. And then as a team goal, um, we really just keep, we keep it, uh, keep it, keep it really true. We like to, we like to keep each other accountable. And we know the end goal is to have a ring on our finger at the end of the season and to be throwing champagne around and sparkling wine and all that for the younger guys, but keep it all, keep it, keep it on. Right. Right. Um, when you, you guys were, you know, when you think about how close uh, I know last year's team is a different team than this year. Um, is there a little extra motivation this time of the season when you think about, Hey, we were, we were that close to get to the championship game. Um, and here we are a week away from the SWAC, uh, tournament. We've got Alabama state. Who's probably going to be the number one overall seed. Um, what's the, what's the mindset? What's everybody's mindset like right now at this time of the year? Yeah. So had a really good, uh, weekend or end of our weekend Sunday with Bethune with a walk off in the 10th. And we kind of sat back and had our meeting at the end of the game and, discussed like this is exactly what postseason baseball is going to be like in the SWAC. It's going to be low scoring, high intent, neck and neck the whole entire way. And that if we can persevere through that, then we're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Calvin, go ahead. I'm interested, you know, it's been a long season. You're the number one. You, you've been fairly durable. Uh, how, how are you feeling um, at this point in the season? Um right now physically and mentally, I guess. feel great on both ends. feel like I'm really starting to pick up towards the back half of the season. I'm really feeling a lot better than I did last year towards the end of the year. I feel a lot stronger and a lot better mentally. Um, have you had any kind of uh, feedback as to um, in order to go to the next level, um, things that you, you were working on this season uh, things you need to add to your game, and if so, what what, what kind of things are you, have you been working on? Uh, I haven't got too much feedback on that. Coach Shoops kind of stayed on me with not being too. Uh, he calls it cute with the hitters. Kind of, I give the hitters too much credit, is how he says. So I try to do a little bit too much, pick at corners, and kind of waste pitches when I don't need to give them as much credit. I guess. Go ahead, okay, Marcus. and what's Hold on, sorry, one, sorry. One, one, one more follow-up. So uh, uh, what is your view, Your now that you've had two full seasons in the SWAC, uh, just just talk about your experiences and your thoughts on SWAC baseball overall, not just the Rattlers. Oh, man, SWAC baseball is, is a different level, to say the least. I mean, anybody can be anybody at any given time. We've seen Valley, like Mississippi Valley, for example, Beat Alabama State, beat Bethune Cookman, Jackson State, beat Alabama State, swept a couple teams here and there. Same as what we've had, and it's it's a game that can go either way in the SWAC. There's no telling at any given time. Yeah. <coughs> go ahead, Marcus. Jump in there. 
Okay. Actually, to kind of follow up on Kelvin's question about going to the next level, have you ever approached Coach Shoup? And I'm making the analogy, I guess, similar to the football team where if you're playing a quote-unquote guarantee game and you're playing against an opponent from uh, a Power Five conference or the SEC or a regional, a local power or national power, have you ever approached Coach Shoup this year or even last year to pitch against some of those teams that you're playing during the midweek that may get you highlights or get you noticed by the scouts and those who may be willing to draft you this year coming up? Uh, yeah, pretty much every weekend, every midweek, I'm always telling him, hey, you know, situation dictates, I got an inning. Like, just know I'm always there. And he appreciates it, but typically always tells me no for the most part. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this year against Florida, we got, a, we got a little close in the middle of the game, and I went down there and warmed up. So there was a little thought of me getting in there. But, yeah, for the most part, situation dictates, and that's kind of how shoot takes it. Okay. Now, question, I guess to follow up just with that, I mean, just once again, using the football analogy, is it, I guess from a scout's perspective, was it more advantageous to see them, to have them see you pitch against a team like a Florida or a Miami or someone that may be top 25 or has a a large program in the in a larger conference to see how you match up that might boost your your potential for being drafted? I don't yeah, know how that always, works. Yeah, there's always that possibility. Um, Shoop does a really good job of scheduling tougher opponents in the beginning of the season. Like we played uh, Florida Gulf Coast this year. They're currently ranked number one team in scoring offensively. And I think I held them to one earned run all game for my outing. So stuff, games like that, like last year we had Stetson, uh, UCF, stuff like that, Ball State, Eastern Illinois. Does a really good job of scheduling those games to kind of help me in that aspect, I guess. Not help me, but help us in that aspect till we get to conference. Okay. Well, thank you. Hey, Hunter, who were, who were some of your major league baseball idols growing up? Or, or maybe who were some players that you, that you, you know, assuming there were pitchers, uh, but even if they were hitters, who, who did you watch growing up to say, man, I, I, I love his game. I want to be like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, growing up, the Yankees were always winning, so I always got to watch Mariano Rivera throw. He was always – I was always a big idol of him. And, uh, yeah, so coming up, once I finally got to high schoolish, I started taking on the younger guys and guys that I wanted to mimic. And uh, Jose Fernandez, may rest in peace, he, uh, he was one of the big guys, pitched with a lot of energy, lots of confidence, swag, and that's who I wanted. I wanted to be just like that and feel like stuff – Stuff like that. I try to mimic and kind of help me out a little bit through my final years in high school. Were you? Uh, did Did you play any of the uh, uh, any positions? Uh, were you a hitter? Because I know you don't get a chance to hit much, uh, if at all. Have you? Have you? Matter of fact, have you hit at all with a FAMU jersey on? Have not. Uh, a swing of fungo. That's about it. Other than that, I <laughs> stick to throwing. But all um, right. So prior to prior to uh, what, what did, did you have? Uh, what type were you a hitter? Uh, did you play other positions? Uh, yeah. So came into high school as more of a position guy. Still pitched a lot, obviously, but loved playing third. Still do. Whenever we get to practice, I get to go out there and take some ground balls. Uh, yeah, love third base. 
ended up not hitting as well. Just started throwing a little harder. So kind of transferred over there on its own. But yeah, I loved I love playing third. All right, man. Kelvin, we got to send a text to Coach Shoop and say, Coach Shoop, you got to let Hunter, huh? got to let him pinch hit. At least, you know, if the opportunity <laughs> presents itself, you know, I, you, you know. Oh, yeah. We I, get some pitchers BP now and here. I hit a couple oh, out every now and again, but other than that, I don't really get to swing much. Do, do, you, do you as pitching staff, do, do the pitchers, do you guys normally have like a batting contest and, and things like that to keep your guys, uh, you know, because I know, like you said, Shoop doesn't give you an opportunity to bat at all. So, I mean, what do you guys do to kind of, keep your time uh, and stay in, involved. Yeah. So that's a little incentive amongst the pitching staff. You know, we throw a shutout, we get pitchers BP. So that's kind of the pitching goal for the years to get as many shutouts as possible. Cause you know, that's coming up BP soon. So that's all the goal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, let's uh, kind of give us an idea here. Um, hunters, we get ready to wrap it up. Um, Give us a couple of things, maybe behind the scenes, that you feel like it's going to take for FAMU to, you know, to, to last, uh, to have success in the SWAC tournament, and actually get to that championship game where we were we were just one game away from last year. Maybe some things that that fans can kind of be rooting for, or, or just that we need to kind of watch for. Uh, I know we're coming into the tournament really, really high energy. Uh, we've been practicing. Coach Shoop's having us practice midday to get acclimated to the heat because in the tournament you can play in the morning, midday, or even late at night. So kind of experiencing the heat a little bit, get used to it. And then uh, Shoop runs a really well-scheduled practice, kind of a pro-level practice. So been really, really fundamentally sound here recently. All right. All right. Well, hey, hey, man. Uh, we wish you 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 got you've got game one Friday, uh, um, and and then you said the tomorrow, Saturday. right? Tomorrow, yes. Yeah. Oh, it is tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, yeah. so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes. Okay. All right. So you I, see, I didn't know that I was a day off. See, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have messed up. All right. So you got the mound tomorrow for game one, and uh, then the ceremonies are. You, uh, did you mention it was Saturday, right? Saturday, yes. Okay, so uh, we need Rattler Nation to uh, to show up, to be there, be loud, um, because this is a big series. I mean, I, I think most of the the seeds, at least for the East, are locked in. I think, I, I don't know, maybe there's a shot for us to get a two. I don't know, but we're either going to be a two or three East going in. Uh, but it'd be a good feeling to go in and win this series against Alabama State. So, um, you know, we, we want to wish you – much success tomorrow, this weekend, and uh, and thank you, man. You you've been a you've been a heck of a pitcher to watch this year, and I'm um, looking forward to to watching you up in the in Atlanta. And so uh, I want to give you the last word. Any shout outs? Anything you want to say? Any social media stuff you want to plug? I'm gonna give you the last word. Hey, I just appreciate y'all letting me come on here. Man, you're too humble, Hunter. You're too humble, man. I love it. I love it. You baseball guys are too humble. Uh, but no, man, hey, thank you. Uh, you guys, make sure to find Hunter on social media. He's not hard to find. Just uh, make sure to, to follow. And more importantly, get out to the field tomorrow. What time is the game, Kelvin? Is it is it a, is it a five? Five. Five, yeah. Five o'clock. It should be a beautiful sunset. Beautiful weather, hopefully, in Tallahassee. You guys who are there, make sure you show up. Support Hunter. Support the guys this weekend. I uh, got a good feeling about us against Alabama State this weekend. So, uh, hey, Hunter, thank you for your time. 
And uh, good luck this weekend, and we'll see you up in Atlanta, all right? Absolutely. And, Thank you, guys. and, and congratulations on graduating. Yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. Congratulations, most importantly. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break, come back, and finish up with the uh, with some more stuff, uh, talk a little bit of uh, this and that, FAMU athletics-related stuff on the other side. Uh, you're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus here. Want to want to thank uh, Hunter for joining us. Uh, oh, I may have lost Kelvin here. Hey, um, just to kind of uh, reset again. So this past. Um, uh, this past weekend, obviously, you know, this past weekend, we ended up uh, losing the first two games in that series with Bethune, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did close. Like I said, we closed, uh, as we heard, uh, five to four on a walk-off in the 10th. Um, you know, I it, it ended a, a streak. I think, what were we? We, were, we had lost something like um, – we had we had lost something like eight of nine going into. I feel like either that series or that last game. What was it? What was that number? We were on a sort of a horrible streak there. Um, yeah, we we had um got swept by Alabama State. We lost two out of three to uh, Bethune, and we lost uh, 
two out of three, I believe, to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we hadn't won a series in a while. Right. And, and you know, it's interesting, and, and when you look at the the SWAC standings, the fact that we we are where we are, I mean, we really um, – I'm going to pull up the SWAC baseball standings here where we're kind of sitting right now tied for – well, not tied fourth, uh, third. We are sitting in third. Um, in Swack East? Yeah, in the Swack East at uh, 17 and 10. Bethune is 18 and 8. Uh, I mean, Bethune would have to get swept this weekend. We would have to sort of really benefit from Alabama State either resting guys or just, I mean, Alabama State's won 10 games in a row. That's the challenge this weekend. They've won ten games in a row. The the you know the the so that's the hot team coming in. And in Fuego. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thirty seven and fifteen overall. And so we just gotta play well. I mean, we gotta play mistake free. I think the one thing I will say, guys, is I think our our bats are good. You know, we just have to be able to 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 the pitchers are really gonna uh, going to have to do a great job. I mean, guys outside of Hunter are really going to have to to come with it. Uh, you know, he mentioned that guys this year really want the ball. Well, it's like, hey, you want the ball? Go go make something happen. You know, guys are going to really have to come in sharp mm-hmm. and, and do well. Um, you know, Jackson State is going to be the four seed going into the tournament, 12 and 15 in conference play. Over on the west side, Right now, Grambling is in first. Uh, Texas Southern is in second, according to the conference standings. Southern is third. Prairie View is fourth. I, so I think the teams are set in terms of who's going to be in it. The order, though, is still what's up for debate because if, let's see, if we're the three, that means we're probably playing the West too, which today it's Texas Southern. But then again, mm-hmm. you know, Texas Southern, Southern, and Prairie View can all shuffle themselves. So there's no telling which one of those teams is going to come out, you know, on top there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so there's that, the, the uh, so the series this weekend, Alabama State uh, is at home. You guys make sure to show up for that in Tallahassee, uh, and then it's Atlanta. You know, show of hands, who's coming to Atlanta to watch the SWAC baseball tournament? Labor Day head going to Atlanta into Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day, Memorial weekend. Excuse, me. I always get that messed up. I don't know why. Um, who's going to Atlanta? Anybody in the chat? Are you going to Atlanta for the for the SWAC tournament? Kelvin, you come up to Atlanta. What 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 what's what's the vibe like in Tallahassee? Are people are people excited about going to Atlanta? To be honest, I don't know how many people where that is moved there, but I know for me personally, that's uh, both my uh, anniversary as well as uh, my. Uh, youngest daughter birthday, so we already have some plans as well. Yeah, you busy. You you busy. You 
you're busy on two fronts. So yeah, you you you're not gonna be there unless unless the whole family's going to Atlanta or wants to be in Atlanta. Uh, I'm I'm headed the opposite way. I'm headed down there with old. I'm, I'm headed. I'm headed down there with old girl. <laughs> See, almost said something. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know the the SWAC baseball tournament is in Atlanta. Did you all know that? Uh, I see um, uh, Dina Holland said, yeah, she, she'll be there. She'll be in. Uh, now, if we, since we've been the, be in the A, one thing I've been looking for, and I haven't been able to find it, the hat that um, Henry A- Hank Aaron's grand God, no, granddaughter wore when we played in that um, classic, it was a family branded Atlanta Braves hat. Oh, the uh, the script A, the lower script, the lower the lowercase mm-hmm. script A. There was a green baseball cap with Atlanta Braves A and orange, and it had the family logo on the side. Mm. So if they're giving, if they're selling those, I'd like to get one. Hey, if anybody comes across that particular hat, uh, hold one for Marcus. He's good for it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll send you. He'll send you. He'll send you that. He'll send you some money. But I'm hoping we have good times in Atlanta just because we were close last year. I think, I don't know, was it Prairie View or somebody where we had a huge, it was either Prairie View or Southern. I think it was somebody from the West. We had a huge lead early, like seven to nothing, and then lost the game. And we had to go in the loser's bracket. I think that was Southern, wasn't it? It was either Southern or Prairie View, one or the other. I can't remember which last year. But hopefully a lot. we We lost the Southern twice. Mm-hmm. Last year. So hopefully the lessons learned that um you know the, the hitting will come through and it seems like the hitting's a lot better this year than it was last year, but I was surprised at how well we were we were hitting the ball um last year in the tournament, but this year it seems like we're just like a lot more consistent with the bats. Yes, I agree. I, I think the hitting is much improved from a year ago, but man, look in this in this tournament, these, these pitching and defense. It's all mm-hmm. pitching and defense. Pitching and defense. We can't. We, we cannot have the errors. We cannot give extra outs. That that um comeback you was talking about last year, um a lot of that came into play. Extra outs, uh on routine plays, and then um you know pitching not being able to hold hold the fort down and get outs when we needed to get out of it of a big inning. So that that's it's going to come down to that. So that teams can hit. Do we know if we're going to have the same broadcast team? <laughs> uh yes, yes. Oh, As a matter of fact, I yes, I did have a conversation with uh what 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 don't you like about the Trump broadcast team? Uh, you know, Charles uh, Edmund is a he's a he's a radio uh, no, radio there's, there's a little bit of he talking about Homer. Of, oh, you talking about <laughs> Roger Goodard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, that's a Hall of Famer. You, you look. If we end up playing Southern, <laughs> he's still a home. Just expect Roger Kedar <laughs> to be talking a, a Southern up the whole game. Yeah. So just expect that. Now, if we don't play Southern, you know, hey, then you're gonna get you're objective gonna get analysis. Objective analysis mm-hmm. uh, from Coach Kedar. But it, no, if, if we end up playing Southern, just go ahead and. Just know what's coming and just deal with it. That's just, you know, that that man's a southern legend. So yeah. it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Starting on uh, Wednesday, May twenty fourth, next Wednesday. Hmm. Yeah, next Wednesday. That will be the start of the SWAC tournament in do Atlanta, do, Georgia. Do, do we like that? Do we like uh, the, the moving to Atlanta, or, or will it. we, or will we rather have a, on, on campus the, or something? Yeah, you know. I, okay, I, the game's gonna be played at Georgia Tech Stadium. Uh, in Atlanta okay. on the campus of Georgia Tech. Um, I don't know if, you know, from what SWAT people have told me, um, the SWAT tournament when it was in Baton Rouge played at Southern Stadium. Uh, that was a good experience. That, you know, in terms of campus ball fields that could support a conference tournament and still give you all the amenities uh, and the surroundings and the settings. Uh, a lot of people rave about Baton Rouge. Um, I don't know where else, who else has a stadium that would support not only from a a a, a, a stadium view, a you know, like now I, I think Daytona Beach is interesting. I have not been to the ballpark. I have. Uh, Jag, Jagged Robinson Stadium is a semi-pro stadium, so okay. So I mean, where they what, play what, what do you think about what do you with, think about with turf field? With turf field, it's, I mean, it's first of all, it's right there, you know, near the water. Beautiful view. Lots yeah, of yeah, absolutely. So that that would be an awesome spot for it, absolutely. And I've not been to Alabama State Stadium, but I hear it's nice, but I don't know how you know. I don't know. Do you really want to? Do you want to spend that week in Montgomery? Montgomery. Sorry, Sorry Montgomery. <laughs> I'm just going. You know, I've got my choice between Daytona Beach, Baton Rouge, and Atlanta. I take those three over Montgomery. I'm just that's just me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but is it that really well attended in the first place? Right? Is it is it really about generating revenue off of ticket sales? I mean. I'd be interested to hear the MEAC commissioner come in and kind of talk about uh, the championship, particularly in baseball, since it is a a very competitive sport in the SWAC. What is the goal and the plan of this uh, the baseball tournament? What, I mean, obviously they moved to Atlanta for a reason. I just like we're gonna have to make that happen. From what I was, from what I've been told, the the, the city of Atlanta wanted this tournament. Uh, so they're, they're, yeah, the city of Atlanta wanted the SWAC tournament, which is why it's there. Okay. Now the the campus just happens to be the best site, Georgia Tech, because obviously all the ACC teams are playing elsewhere for their tournament. So Georgia Tech's not using that stadium. Uh, and and plus Georgia Tech is a debt near downtown campus area. It's not, Mm -hmm. not hard to get to. I think this will be a real test for uh, the fan base, you know, because the largest area of alumni for probably every SWAC school or one of the top three or four is Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So the question is, can, uh, can SWAC nation, does SWAC nation care about anything other than football? I'm just going to be honest. That's the question. The SWAC nation care about baseball. You have a lot of people telling you that the baseball is good, that the the teams are good. 
Uh, yes, you have Alabama State who's playing out of their minds, but you've got good teams, you know, that many people think have an outside shot. Will SWAT Nation show up? Mm-hmm. If they show yeah. up, you got something on your hands with Atlanta. And that's going to be the interesting thing, especially when you get into uh, – I don't know about Wednesday or Thursday, but I think when you get into Friday and Saturday, that'll be the real test to see whether it's, SWAC Nation shows up. Especially if the E-Schools are are producing as many probably are going to anticipate going into it. So if you have Alabama State, FAM, UBCU – uh, JSU, if you have those teams advancing to those semifinal and final rounds, then yes, it would be very interesting. Should be a mm-hmm. good look. And yeah, I just I, pulled up the Braves schedule. Looks like the Braves have a homestand the whole week between the Dodgers and the Phillies. So I don't know if there's any tie-in there or any any kind of um, you know, crossover kind of appeal. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, just I mean, not necessarily direct tie-in, but at least just baseball fans are pulling in additional traffic or additional eyeballs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. Even though the Brave Stadium is way out in Cobb County, it's not downtown anymore. Yeah, no, it's definitely about a – it's a journey uh, up to go up to where the stadium is, where the Braves play. Um, I just don't know with the time. The, the game times, I don't think – unless your team gets eliminated, hey, then you're probably like, hey, let's go check out a Braves game. But outside of that, I got to imagine that they want – you know, again, that the Braves are not in the city of Atlanta. So if the city of Atlanta is behind the SWAG tournament, they don't want you, they don't want to do anything with the Braves. They, you know, uh, not for this event. I think they're going to, whatever marketing and, and advertising and, and promotions, they're going to try to push people towards um, uh, Midtown. Um, who is it? Uh, Chuck Hunt says he's, uh, yeah, Chuck Hunt said he's been on Georgia Tech's campus in Midtown. So it's in Midtown. I mean, that's a popular oh, yeah. that's area. There's some, you know, some nice places to eat, nice places to shop. Uh, I'm sure you can transport and get around from A to B easily in the downtown uh, Midtown area. So, um, but I do think if you, like you said, Kelvin, if you have Alabama State, Bethune-Cookman, FAM, and I'm going to go so far as if you have Southern and and probably grambling. Mm-hmm. If you have four or four of those five schools still in and alive come Friday and Saturday, I think that's where you're going to see your biggest numbers. Because I think those are the fan bases that travel. Those are the fan bases that will probably support their baseball teams. And those are the fan bases that are probably strong in um, – in the ATL, you know, which is going to be the key being strong. And by the way, uh, fam, you played um, at Georgia Tech in the stadium when we won the MIAC, when we were leaving the MIAC and we won the tournament in Daytona, which the MIAC tournament was in Daytona at Jackie Robinson Park that year. And um, and we played Georgia Tech uh, uh, in because they were a host. All right. Um, let's uh, let's transition over some recruiting info. I, I wanted to I wanted to get us over. Marcus, did you do you have any of the football recruiting info prepared and ready? Because I got we got plenty of basketball stuff. Let's work on the basketball. I'm still working on the football. I mean, no, we know we signed or at least got a commitment from a transfer wide receiver. 
uh, from your University of Utah. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what what's a, give, give the four one one on on him if you if you would take a second to do that. Sure. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Chris, let me get Chris's name. Evans or something. It was he was from Wakaba, right? Mm-hmm. He's from Wakaba, and he was class of 2022. So he was a year, maybe almost two years after. Um... Oh, I do have another one. Um, two years after after Junior Maritovic. And he's a three-star recruit uh, from class of 22. And we did originally offer him in November in 2021. Chris Reed. So he's about 6'0", 195 uh, out of out of Wakiva. And uh, we offered him and he came around. He didn't play much his freshman year. And I guess we um, said, hey, well, if you want some opportunity to come, come on. And he decided, as of right now, verbally committed. The other one that kind of snuck up on me, I know before we mentioned about a, an athlete from from local Leon High School, but one that kind of snuck in on me, a gentleman by the name of Kenyon McCoo, and that's M-C-C-O-U. He's a 6'2", 320-pound offensive lineman who is a three-star recruit out of Mississippi, the state of Mississippi from DeSoto Central. And he went the JUCO route to East Mississippi Community College. And this just came about, I want to say Saturday. Uh, Coach Henry retweeted something where a community service activity where four of the family football players were participating. And, you know, when he retweeted it, he tagged the players and three of them we already knew about. And this fourth one, I was like, who is this guy? And so I clicked on his his link and then, you know, started following him. So now we have we've even more addition to the uh, offensive line, a former three-star rated player by 24-7 sports who went the JUCO route and played for a team that's usually pretty good in high school, even though that year they didn't do too well, DeSoto Central, uh, his senior year in 2020. But he's adding depth to it. I guess they spent some time at the Truesdale Gym- Gymnastics Center and helped renovate it and volunteer their time. And just from that, I was like, hey, Coach Henry spilled the beans. We have somebody else to add to the offensive line. So they're just adding depth and hopefully quality depth. 19 receivers. Uh, now with uh, Chris Reed, I think that's the article mm-hmm. that, uh, that uh, Gerald Thomas had put out, our depth with 19 different receivers. Um, just, I, I just, I wanted to get some comparison. And so I just happened to bump over to the University of Alabama's website to go look at their roster. Um, they got 19, 18 guys, excuse me, on that, that are listed as wide receivers. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I don't think we've had that kind of depth in the receiving room in, I don't want to say forever, but I mean, that's quite a lot of guys and it'll be interesting to kind of see who comes out of that. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who become the top five to six guys? Because after the top six, then it becomes injuries and performance that starts separating guys, right? I mean, this just 
you know, my thoughts. Um, you guys have also, thoughts? Yeah. It's a long I, season. I, I, I also add that um, if you add the tight ends um, to the receiving group, you, you're going to have about six guys at min, minimum that are going to visit their last year. So okay. picking up uh, picking up the receivers who have four years left allows you to have some continuity uh, moving forward. Also, uh, the, the kind of bridge that gap between losing so many guys at one time because we, we're going to lose a lot out of that group uh, after this season. Yeah, we are. I mean, we're losing at least two tight ends, two tight, no, maybe three. And think of the receivers that we're going to lose. We're going to lose K. Dot, Manigo, Manigo, Pruitt. We're going to mm-hmm, we're going to use Jeremiah Pruitt. We're going to use Day Day. Uh, mm-hmm. uh well, I have to look. Uh, Kamari Young, tight end. The top uh, six. If the guys that we're talking about right here, right now, who we probably anticipate being the top six. You're mm-hmm. at least five of them are gone after this year. At least yeah. five. Yeah. And if yeah. We, go, we go seven More. to eight, we're probably talking yeah. six to seven, yeah. we'll be gone. So, you know, hopefully, I, you know, we you just pray for good health, that everybody stays yeah. healthy because that's the big thing, you know. Um, but I understand. You understand why you you keep such a, such a deep room because little tweaks and injuries, you know, start to could add up. And, you know, you hadn't even got to summer workouts. And then, God God forbid, when you start getting into the fall camp, you know. And it, and it has hit, a, hit that particular uh, area the last two years. You know, K-Dot missed some time. Uh, Manigo missed some time. Uh, so, so we've had guys to go down, to you know, in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to let, let's go to the basketball recruits because I did want to I, I, I before we end the show I got, we got to talk about the uh, the Billy Joe interview with uh, with Vaughn and then even if they, I don't know I, I told you guys to go peep the the uh, VP Sykes interview again with Vaughn uh, I think we've kind of touched on some things here but um, you know. The biggest news, of course, the last two weeks, or I really say the last week, has been what FAMU basketball mm-hmm. has added. Um, and starting from, I believe it was the 12th of May when the news came out about Jadarius uh, Eatman, who's a 6'10 forward center who most recently was over at Lawson State College. Uh, then the day before, on the 11th, Le- Keith Lamar, a 6'6 guard forward from Georgia State College, uh, who previously had played a couple years at Stetson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the 10th, Love Bettis, love the name, by the way, uh, six foot point guard who transferred from North Carolina A&T, but also spent a couple years at Coffeyville Community College. And he um, won a title there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I managed – I got some clips here we, we'll go through and show folks in a moment. And then, of course, at the beginning of the week, it was Shannon Grant. Uh, Shannon had, had come in from uh, Mercer. 
and you know it's kind of kind of interesting uh so yo i i found some i found some video clips here of Jadarius eatman just to kind of just to kind of give folks now of course if you're watching the show then you're gonna you'll be able to see the highlights or just some of the clips of eatman um, but if you're listening on the podcast forum, th- this was going to be real odd here for you. My initial interpretation, I don't know. First off, have you guys seen any of this video? I had not. Okay. So the biggest thing that I've noticed here from Eatman in, 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 in just a minute of clip, you notice everything he does in these clips are around the low block. Um, He's got some does a good job of sealing. Uh, he's a guy who likes to finish. He's a dunker. Uh, so he's not one of those guys that's just going to go up and put it off the soft touch off the glass. Uh, there's a nice little turnaround. But everything he does is like five feet and in. Um, when, when I looked at his field goal percentage last year at Lawson State, it was like 70%. <laughs> which, which, I mean... It should be right when yeah. you're when you're finishing around the rim as much as he is. It should be, you know. Um, my question is: Have we ha- we haven't had anybody that we have gone down into the low blocks the way that he is mm-hmm. being used here at the junior college level? Have we? Have you seen anybody used like this? in the last two or three years under a uh, under coach? I don't think so. We've been guard focused. I mean, we still have a lot of guards, but we've been guard heavy. And I know KR and I have talked about that in the past, that typically at our level, you know, it's the guard play well, at all levels. It's the guard play. And there's more emphasis and focus on that, but. Well, we I just didn't have, we just didn't have a, a lot of a uh, skilled big men, uh, explosive big men. Even when we had a uh, uh, DJ Jones and uh, and and that group, uh, those guys, um, they could finish and they did finish at the rim sometimes, but they weren't um, they, they weren't featured post up guys. And honestly, that's that's just not a art that that is used a lot. So what I'm interested in, in two things with, with with the big guys we bring bringing in one. Um, given that they come in and they're, they're actually uh, major contributors, do we run sets and offense, you know, uh, offense to get them the ball uh, in positions where they can be competitive? Cause you know, that I've just not seen that, but you know, you know, from an offensive standpoint and then um, two, how does that, does that elevate us? Does that give us a niche within the swag? In terms of uh, uh, of enforcing our will on teams, right. Uh, the next recruit that we're looking at here, Love Bettis. Now, this is from his last year at Coffeeville uh, Community College, where I'm just going to go pull up the numbers for him. Now, you know, Love is listed at six feet tall, one seventy. His last year at Coffeeville, he started 30 of 31 games. 
scored 561 points. Uh, I believe that's an average of somewhere 18 a game. Uh, 43% from the field, almost 40% from the three-point arc, 86% free throw shooter. The previous Hmm. year, he was a 93, 94% free throw shooter, uh, 101 assists. So that's almost three a game. Uh, 42 steals, so one steal a game. Um, you know, pretty impressive. And and like I said, I mean, this is this is him as a point guard. Now he didn't he didn't get a lot of time at North Carolina A and T. Matter of fact, uh, he only played. Well, he played in thirty games, but he only started four. Uh, I think they said he averaged about 13, 13 minutes a game. Um, so I I just don't. You know, and and again, his three point push, uh, percentage, he was a forty percent three point shooter for A and T. That's about the highlight of what he did for them. Is his three point shooting, and there you can see it right there. I mean, the kid can stroke it. <laughs> so, I'm really excited about a point guard like this coming into the program. Your guys' thoughts as you watch this. For the first time, I'm assuming. Well, it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how everything meshes because we've lost oof, three or five players. I, to what our top three players, right? I, I'll tell you I mean, this. I mean, Jalen Bates. Jalen Bates jumped in earlier this week or late last week, and we already lost Byron Sample. The two guards. Yeah, the two guards we signed last year so that's three but we also lost Saeed Burnside who was one of the high school signees from a couple years ago never played never heard yeah, of he him. never played and never he, heard he of transferred him. and there, there are a couple at least five or six players that have left the program yeah guys that we never heard of so you know hey that's okay that's okay um I I just think this is the dynamic I mean this if if coach lets this young man play to at, at the way at the skill set that he has, I I haven't seen anybody at FAMU this dynamic in the program. Last couple years, I'm I'm talking. You seen a point guard this dynamic? I haven't. Well, I, I'll wait till you get here. <laughs> oh, now well, one thing coach did say that he was going to bring in transfers and. And junior college yeah. guys, because yeah. he wanted experience, and yeah. and he wants to coach. Yeah. He want he wants guys that can take hard coaching, because he is a old school coach, who who and who gonna be responsive to that type of coaching. So I can see bringing in a kid like this, who's you know a uh, stocking stuffer, so to speak, does a lot of things. Um, so I, you know, it makes sense in terms of uh what he's looking for, but at the end of the day, you know. We we got to be better, so uh, you know I, I wait judgment until you know they come together and and, and we we have some film. I, I'm going to talk about style of play, and you know I don't know maybe maybe the fam maybe coaches his style of play is going to improve a little uh, because I think it could with with this type of young man, and then I'll tell you when I when we take a peek real quick here at uh, Keith Lamar, 
I think Keith Lamar is another one that if given the opportunity to flourish, you know, could look pretty good. Uh, let's go to Keith Lamar. Here's some video clips of Keith Lamar right here. Now, Keith Lamar is a 6'6 guard forward, uh, definitely a high riser. Uh, went to Georgia State College, which that junior college program in Georgia. South Georgia State College. Is it South? Okay, South Georgia State. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. They uh, they are one of the winningest JUCOs in the state of Georgia over the last four years. Uh, you know, I think they 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 tout themselves as, as having won something like 90-something games over the past four years, which is the most – um, but uh, he's he played a couple of years at Stetson University uh, coming out of Stockbridge, Georgia, mm-hmm. where he went to Eagles, Eagles Landing High School. Yeah. Eagles Landing, I was looking at their max prep. These last couple of years, I mean, they won like 20-plus games since he was a senior. Uh, his senior year, they were like 25-4, and four, somewhere in that range. And then in these last few years, so they have a program. Mm-hmm. I'd have to see if they won a state title in that time frame. But, I mean, they had some quality teams and quality talent for Class 5A in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Now, when when you look at the stats for for this young man, didn't get a lot of playing time his freshman and sophomore year at Stetson at South Georgia State. He started 25 of the 34 games. Um You know, looking at, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what I can, what I can, uh, I was, I thought I had averages here uh, in terms of points. Yeah, just about eight points a game at South Georgia State. Uh, But I, I just see a really athletic wing. So it'd be interesting, uh, if 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 here's a guy that uh, gets an opportunity, I know you're a basketball guy, man, but uh... <laughs> it's not doing anything for you, Kelvin. That's what you're saying. I, I mean, I, I will just you. wait. We'll just wait. I'm waiting patiently. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> We got we gotta we gotta we gotta wait with optimism, Kelvin. Come on now. We gotta wait with optimism. Well, if you, you're telling me somebody coming in that's uh averaging 20 points a game, my optimism goes up. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you made me say it. <laughs> when when I hear you didn't play at ANT much and you didn't play much at Mercer. Uh, um, honestly, you know, I have to wait to see because that ain't what that, that ain't that ain't inspiring. Well, look, hey, uh, that, true, true, but it, you also have to take into consideration that guys not getting opportunity, and this guy may be the number three guy at this junior college program, and if given an opportunity. You know, I, I think I think the kid Love Bettis is the one that among all four, he's the one that has shown you 
that that kid on a on a national on a high level winning team, what he can do. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Now the question that you brought up earlier when you were showing the highlights is, will coach take the reins off? And that's been one of the complaints. Yes, uh, I guess from fans in terms of the defensive prowess and offensive. We have no offensive identity, period. Lack, yeah, lackluster performance. Right, we, we're right. I'll just be honest. We we have not had much of an offensive identity. And then, like I said, we had one shooter last year, and he'll go for 21 game, wouldn't play the net. So I'll wait and see. <laughs> well, that's, what, uh, the, that's just where, hey, that's just where I'm at. I'm transparent. Yeah. We keep it real on the ONG. The one thing I will say, uh, as I went back and watched the, the interview, uh, with ADV or VP80 Sykes is that, uh, you know, our coaches are, are intact. Now I know in the, in the, in the interview, she mentioned them being part of, they are on a multi-year deal. So obviously, but this is the, I think for both coaches, the last year of that multi-year deal. I think so. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were freaking out. They were like, "Oh, we get we are on a multi-year." Well, look, slow down, people. Um, you know now. You know, I think they are on the final year of that, and I think they will have an opportunity. You know, especially, I, I think early on to to be competitive. Hopefully. And to look competitive, but I I am concerned. I'm concerned if you know I hear AD Sykes saying she's do they want to do things to to help both coaches. Well, our coaches our coaches need to be hosting camps. Our coaches need yes a place to host camps, and I don't yeah. care if it's at FAMU DRS. I don't care if it's at the old FAMU DRS gym. Uh, I don't care if it's at another high school. If we can't get into Gaither and we can't get into Lawson for whatever reason, we, we're losing ground by not having uh, elite camps. We're not. We're losing ground by not offering opportunities for our coaches to host camps this summer, uh, in late June, early July. And so that's that's a shame. That's disappointing. Again, I can count other schools doing camps across the state, and FAMU is not one of them. So that that has to be corrected. If we if you if we're talking seriously about giving Coach Pillow and Coach McCullum what they need in order to be successful, well, that's where it starts in the summertime. And and then we'll see what the schedule. We'll, we'll see. You know, it'll be interesting. Let's see if we make some modifications to our scheduling. You know, will will we make the schedule less daunting? Do we have to play 10 Power 5 elite programs? Can we in, can we count in, 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 in order in order to generate the revenue that they want to generate uh that they require contractually to generate in the sport contractually we, whoa, whoa, whoa. stop wait, wait a minute. hold on what are you talking about contractually explain basketball has bringing uh, a certain amount of revenue uh 
each season of uh, so that's why they the the first half of the season the house the uh non-conference schedule is primarily on road games uh because you know they have to get those guarantees in order to reach that those numbers i'm not sure what the numbers are at this point i i, I would say um the number was probably around 600,000 for men's basketball and probably around 200,000 for women's mm-hmm. so so they were playing those schedules and coaches, both coaches have talked about it uh, because, you know, they have to, it has to be revenue generating. And of course, all HBCUs do it. Um, I would like to see the North Fort State model though, um, where, where we play, play a combination of some mid majors or are regional friendly that we can be more competitive with and get some confidence against uh, and not just, you know, West coast. And, but I, I know, Coach uses some of those games for for experiences and and some some other student student experience student athlete experiences and some other things too, um, and, and as well as that's where the bigger guarantees are when you go uh, to those uh, um, you know big games. So so again, just like what we were talking about with football and the Orange Bowl OBC. I really like it. I'm, I'm hoping that, that we'll have some some basketball tournaments and you starting to see some of them, you know, like uh, Michael B. Jordan had, a, you know, had one that he sponsored as well as another celebrity. So hopefully we'll get more of those kind of uh, things going so that our teams don't have to play the beatdown games as much also in basketball. It's hard getting invited to those games, though. When you're not winning, when you're constantly having zero and it's not, ten and one, it's not. It's not. It is not hard if you have relationships with the folks who produce in those games. Number one, and um, number two, when it does heal, cure a lot. But as you talked about with the camps and the access to the facilities, uh, because we do have these facilities, and, and you know. We just had a guest last week talking about, you know, the scoreboard and sound system. So there's some investments that happened in the spring. So there's reason to be optimistic that, like, for instance, Gaither Gym will maybe be available more. And so the guy, you know, the girls and the guys won't be out of a place as as much as they have been in the, in the past. But I'm sure that is something that AD and a new team, new staff team, would definitely work toward. Uh, Having facilities that Athletic has access to, um, when when they need to have access to as as much as they need to, and so with that, I hope they're looking at at a uh, Athletic only type facility for basketball. All right, well, um, I I think we ought to re- we ought to hold on to our our uh, our review of the interview with Coach Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for next week, we'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, that there's so many open-ended questions that I still have after watching that. So I will. I'm going to go back and watch for a third time and write down some thoughts because even after the second time, I was like, "I love it." I said, "Well, who was? Why was?" And so we <laughs> we just gotta. I love maybe, it. Chance to watch. Maybe, coach, maybe coach, bring coach is a coach is a truth teller, and he put it out there. 
<laughs> I, I got maybe we, we got to talk to Vaughn. Maybe we have Vaughn on next week because I feel like there's some stuff on the on the editing floor. Maybe some things that didn't get said or didn't get put into that. Uh, I got questions. I got questions. So we'll, we'll no try comment. Hey, I have no comment publicly. <laughs> All right. No, damn it. I want to know what I want to know the dirt. And I'm like I said, we 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 passed the statute of limitations. Let's call <laughs> let's call people's names out. I don't care where they're at in a retirement home, chilling on another job, wherever they're at. Let's call them out. Let's talk to them. Let's, I think Co- I, I think Coach Joe kind of did some of that. Yeah, he did. He did. I, but I still feel like there's still some left. I feel like there's still some. Uh, somebody knows where the rest of the bodies are buried, and I I just want to I just want to know. I just want that. I just want the whole story told. Uh, so it's good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, Quick note on the one more signing for the basketball. Roger okay. called. He just committed today. And he's a guard out of Pensacola State College. What's so, the name again? Roderick Coffey the third. That name sounds familiar. Roderick Coffey the third, huh? Mm-hmm. Notice coaches, coaches, uh, and, and, and notice there's a couple of things that I noticed. Uh, coaches, coaches leaning heavy into that Pensacola area. Yep. Uh, um, you know, he he he's. He's visiting that. He can't can't get him to come down to Central Florida. Come get nobody. But anyway, I love you, Coach. But you know, you keep hanging out there in Pensacola. All the talents in Central Florida. I mean, come on now, come to Central Florida, Coach. We got you. I got you. I got some guys. I got some studs for you, Coach. They right here. They here in Orlando. They ready for you. We gotta stop losing out big. To, we gotta stop losing big time recruits that who could have maybe could have should have come to FAMU. Uh, but that's going to do it. Marcus, final thoughts as we close the show. Uh, well, looking forward to the baseball team uh, bouncing back after the being on the schneid a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, one other thing I noted, um, the AD site, VP AD site said during her interview with Vaughn, is I think she mentioned the state passed legislation that student athletes are now eligible for in-state status. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, and I don't know what all the That's requirements huge. are That's or if it's huge. automatic or how that works, but that helps to, well, as she said, you know, reinvest in the program or reinvest in athletics because that the savings, the differential cost differential between out of state and in state. So I don't know how all that works. I guess it was a state rule because it came up from a question from Dwayne Sweet yep. when he asked about the state allowing auxiliary funds to be used for athletics and then she jumped in and mentioned that uh, mentioned that they also passed the rule about allowing uh, in-state status for student athletes so hopefully that will that cost differential will allow reinvestment in the program program almost like some hidden dollars if you will so hey, I don't hey know marcus yes sir i i think um folks got tired of uh uh, state titles. I mean, um, uh, national champions coming out of Alabama and Georgia, while the while the Florida schools have been pretty much down. And then you had a school like UCL being the top school in the state. So they realized they may have to make some adjustments so that uh, that the, the state university flagship schools are in a competitive uh, position with their peers. 
just like mm. they did with the NIL laws, just how they changed yes. the NIL laws mm. because yes. they were losing out. They were losing out, so they realized. So maybe it, stuff like that ends up benefiting FAMU somehow. Some yes, way. But it was yes. never inti- it, it, it was never uh, a, a a an intent for us. You know, we just oh yes, oh, I agree. Or we're reaping the benefits of somebody else trying to make sure that the Power Five schools are, are competing with the Georgias and Alabamas. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully we'll take great advantage of that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I keep hearing, you know, I remember several conversations, Coach Shoup talking about that as one of the reasons why a lot of the roster on his baseball team is made up of Florida guys. Mm-hmm. So, Regional recruiting. And I think even uh, Coach um, – Coach McCullough mentioned that as well. I think in previous interviews that he has regional recruiting based on limited recruiting budget. Yeah, yeah. So which may I, or may I, not increase, but now you have you have the enticement of being able to offer in-state status or in-state tuition. Yeah. Now, as a former out-of-state student, I wonder how that's going to play over. You know, because I had to pay out-of-state fees until I became a resident of Florida. So my first three years. I paid a lot of money to go to FAMU. And so I'm just kind of curious, you know. Well, well is athletic, is it, 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 it sounds like, I hadn't read the rule yet, but it sounds like it's applicable to students who own actual athletic scholarship, mm-hmm. which which oh, means okay. save, which is saving the university money and, you know, with these waivers and all this other stuff. They were doing waivers anyway. Uh, some yeah. some waiver differentials and stuff for some of those student athletes that qualify, but this just you know kind of simplifies simple simplifies it across all sports. Gotcha, gotcha, nice. All right, um, Kelvin, final thoughts. Well, just uh, uh, enjoy the show. Um, enjoyed uh, the executive director. Um, uh, great talking with her. You know, transparency is awesome. Uh, she's doing a really good job with what she's doing. Thank, thank you, uh, Hunter, for coming on and and um, I try to at least catch some of the game um tomorrow. Uh, I got some other things. I did it's high school season, and I've got a nephew and, and a brother-in-law, you know, and some some other folks to, to catch too. So I'm gonna try to catch some of that. And I got a surprise. I haven't even told y'all guys yet, but I've talked to some former uh coaching legends and ADs and so forth who've agreed to uh, come on the show. So um, hopefully, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll lay that out over the next week uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, and um, have some, some interviews from folks who coached at FAMU or or, or ADs at FAMU or head coaches at other, or ADs at other programs who played FAMU. Um, okay. And that that I'm sure you know, rather they should be familiar with. All right. Well, hey, look forward, look forward to that uh, information. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Elora Mason, uh, who works with uh, Miss Kendra Bullock at the uh, with the OVC uh, for helping to put together the interview, and uh, uh, really appreciate uh, her time and efforts, and of course. Uh, our good friend uh, Angela Suggs for for helping, and and I know Angela is on the list uh, to to come on and talk with us. And uh, again, uh, 
very excited for what the OBC is doing. And again, I think we are absolutely crazy. I'm going to say it. We are scheduling a home game in 2024, which is great. We want our home games, but we are scheduling a home game instead of taking the benefits of what the OBC is offering us in 2024. Money, uh, staffing doesn't have to work. Uh, You don't have to worry about restrooms and concessions. All the amenities that come with being a part of the OBC for a home game against South Carolina State. I hope that game sells out because it needs to, to even equal what we are missing out on by not going to the Orange Blossom Classic in 2024. Well, well, I hear what you're saying, but what about the investment we're making this year? You gotta, you gotta maximize that investment. You can't put all that money in and have that stuff sitting there. Well, well, not only that, but but let me let me let me just let me let me just say this, guys. It's 2023. The the conference schedule for next year, 24, hadn't came out, even though we have uh out of out of conference games, you know, kind of locked in. There's there's room to if we if our administration choose to, there's some room to still perhaps have the best of both. So I'm sure that they're doing their due diligence now that that team is in place and they'll make sure that uh, everything makes dollars and cents. And if not, we'll be here to talk about it. You can be optimistic about that, but you can't be optimistic about some basketball videos. I see how you are. No. (laughs) Eight points, eight points a game, six points a game. You ain't playing your old school. You're going to come to my school and show out. All right. (laughs) With that said... Thank you. Uh, make sure you're following the ONG Strike Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Please download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. And then, hey, go download the BCSN Pod Zone, all of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network, which we are a part of, appear on the BCSN Pod Zone within about 24 hours or whenever uh, the guy who uh, has to do all that stuff gets a chance to do it, uh, which is me. Uh, So when that goes up, then you can go listen to the podcast again in everywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everywhere and anywhere that you listen. Just search BCSN Pod Zone. So thanks to our guest, Hunter Veeds and Miss Kendra Bullock. Thank you to you, everybody on Facebook, everybody on YouTube. Uh, feel free to drop a donation. You can drop a super chat. Uh, you can drop a tip. You can you can see our uh, link down there on the bottom. You can hit us up on the square link, or you can cash out a donation. Uh, to like us, like us, man, like us. We like y'all. And, and more, yeah, definitely hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Uh, thanks to everybody who has, and we'll see you all next Wednesday. Uh, go support the baseball team this weekend. Final home series against the number one seed, Alabama State, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, be good, Rattler Nation. Stay safe. Be smart. 
And in those streets, make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.